Northwestern People Podcast. Today I'm joined by Gloria Ree, who is a sophomore at Northwestern studying political science and minoring in philosophy. She comes from Atlanta, Georgia. Hello. I called Gloria to do a podcast because she seemed very interested in philosophical discussions about the meaning of life and I thought that your conclusion is one that a lot of people go through which is a general pessimistic view on life and so I just wanted to go into that later on and also um, from your background in general so this is the question that I asked to Tom and I just wanted to ask to you why Northwestern, just to start things off? Um, to be honest, Northwestern wasn't even in my top like 14 schools that I applied to. Um, I was just looking at mainly more East Coast, especially because I'm from Georgia. I never really thought of Northwestern as an option. Um, but then my mom just add, asked me to add it to the list. So I did. And then I never, Northwestern was like the only school that I applied to that I didn't tour beforehand um but yeah and then I got in and I got into a couple other schools but it came down to like Georgetown Vandy or Northwestern um and Georgetown I felt like would be too political science crazy Vanderbilt my brother went there and it looked boring and so I just chose Northwestern and it was pretty ranked pretty high and I cared about that in high school so how did how was growing up? You said you grew up in a Korean religious household. Could you give like a brief explanation? Um, yeah, my family was really religious, um, but they weren't the typical tiger parents, especially. Um, my dad was super involved in the, well, both my parents were pretty involved in the church and um, they were really affectionate parents. Um, so I never felt like I had pressure to do better in school or like do anything they just cared that I believed in Jesus and that I was a nice person basically um but yeah so I went to church like every single Sunday and I don't think I missed like a Sunday ever and one time for like even on Sundays if I worked like I got a job at Pan Express and then I worked on a Sunday and my dad was so pissed at me and then um yeah, he told me to never work a Sunday again. So I, like, since then, I didn't work a Sunday until I came here because um, that's, like, pretty much when I stopped believing in the church. Um, yeah, but my parents kind of know that, and now when I go back home, I don't really go to church that often. Um, but they think I'm doing, like, online service or something. So what made you not believe or change your focus from going to church every Sunday, to not going to church? Um, I used to think that people who, like, when I was still very Christian, I used to think that people who weren't born into the church 
were super unlucky because they like let's say it like Christianity everything turned out to be true and um so like believing in it was the correct answer I would think it was unlucky to be born um outside of the church because it's so much harder to grasp a religious concept especially when you're older and find yourself believing in it and putting your entire life into it um but I think now being born into a religious family is sort of a disadvantage because you're born with these predestined beliefs that are passed on to you by your parents like every single day from the day you're born until like you're 18 or whatever um, that you never really have time to think about it yourself and realize why you're believing it in the first place and why you're going to church every single Sunday and at one point you kind of realize that you're not going because you truly believe in it but because it's pattern because it's routine and because all your friends go there um so I think that just like kind of crept up on me and ever since like I entered high school I had a lot of doubts about my faith and what I was believing in the first place and I just like didn't connect to it emotionally and I tried everything and I think it was yeah I asked like so many questions um and I never really came to a clear conclusion and if I did like technically come to a conclusion in my heart like I still wouldn't feel convicted and so for now I'm just I don't know if I'm for sure like no longer a Christian but I think I'm stepping away from the church for a little while until I kind of understand who I am have experienced a lot more and can come to Christianity on my own um like on my own decision so do you still have that hope of coming back? Low key, yeah. Because it's like cuz religious is so serious. It's like your parents are telling you if you don't believe in this, you will literally be in hell for eternity. And that's so like you can't just be like, "Oh, okay, like I don't have to believe in it though." Cuz there's always going to be at the back of your mind that could happen and it could be all real and then one mistake of being a heathen in our society like makes me condemned to hell forever so it's so much more favorable to believe in Christianity obviously or have something that you can tie your faith to and like tie your eternity to um and like now I feel like I don't have that um, safety net if I like do die one day um just like a car accident or something I would um be in heaven because I didn't stop believing so like I kind of just like always want to go back to that one point and I would feel really sad if my like friends like leave the church just because I'm like oh like you guys too like don't join me that kind of vibe and I think I'd be even I'd lose all hope if my parents no longer went to church so just like I hope that my loved ones (laughs) believe in it so they have that safety net but for me at least I haven't yet what do you think is missing you said you talked about contradictions when we talked earlier and religious contradictions and you said emotions (sighs) okay these were a long time ago so I'm not sure if I can like just think of the contradictions that I thought of in the bible off the top of my head um Well, I guess first, this is more of a flawed approach, but there's so many contradictions in the church and in like versus the Bible and like what a Christian is supposed to act like. I feel like um, especially growing up in a religious 
Korean conservative church and like household. And we weren't even that conservative. We were just like Korean and Christian. Um, I feel like it's just a lot of hate and a lot of, there's like very few people that seriously respect other people and love them regardless. Uh, Like in the church, people are the most judgmental and like quick to like pull away from people if they find out something that they don't like. Um, And also like even in the Bible, like there's so many people that would preach about like loving your neighbor and then the next they'd be, I don't know, killing people. I don't don't know if that's a good example, but yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it was just like the people and some religious facts like how did Adam and Eve, um, there might be like answers to this on the internet, I just don't know. Um, but like, how did Adam and Eve like have so many kids? Like, were they the only people on the earth? Like, what is the Garden of Eden scientifically? Was it a myth? Um, things like Noah's Ark, like, how did that happen? You get two of each animal, like, some insects are way too tiny, like, you would not be able to carry them on that ship. And it's like, things like that. It's like, uh, and or like dinosaurs, like, why weren't they mentioned? Maybe they were. I feel like I've seen some theories about that. Um, And also, like, slaves and how slaves were such an important part in, like, teaching lessons in the Bible, too. Um, Like, and, like, even good people had slaves and it was okay to have slaves. But, like, now maybe we just have such a radical liberal approach since then that, like, I don't see it. But it's, like, slaves are wrong, like, (laughs) right? Like, I wouldn't, like, any good loving person even have thought of that way back then. Um, Or, like talking about how, like, God is, like, a ruthless God, but he's also, like, a loving God, but then it's, like, he's, like, okay, I like you, David. I'm gonna let you destroy all of these nations. I'm gonna let all of these fathers, sons, wives, children die just because I like you, or, like, that just, like, did not sit right with me, or how, like, um, Jews were the chosen people and the Gentiles were not, but then God only decided to go to the Gentiles or Jesus did whenever, um, the Jews like turned against him. I don't know. Things like that. Maybe it's just like the Americanness in me. That's like, I am important and I am so worthy of like everything that everyone else has. We are so equal, but I don't know. Concepts like that were really hard to grasp. Oh, also, like, how everyone needs to, um, <laughs> everyone will, like, hear the word of God at some point. Everyone will be exposed. But it's, like, what happens to babies that die? Like, what happens to people in North Korea that literally have no physical access ever in their entire life to access the Bible? Like, how are they going to be saved? And even if they did have access to it, why would they believe in this book when they are trained and brainwashed to think something else? It's, like, people are not given a fair chance. And... If we're talking about something so important as like when you die, you'll be condemned to hell eternally or like, you know, like shouldn't everyone have a fair and equal access to that? Um, Yeah, I think that's all the reasons I can think of right now. Yeah, I think I've had a very similar experience where my dad's a pastor. We're we're somewhat liberal Christians. We were initially more conservative, like. My mom was, when it was we were younger, we'd talk about like literal interpretations of the Old Testament. And over time, we started to not think of like, like the whole idea, like, so you know, there's stars, right? 
and it would take like millions of years for light years for these the light of these stars to reach the earth and if you go through the genealogy of the old testament it's only like 5000 to 10000 years at most and so like then how in the world if the world was created these 7000 years ago how did these stars like these the light of these stars reach the earth and like things like that before we tried to we tried to make it more clear for us by just defining it like oh god just did it but over time we started to become a little more liberal in the sense that maybe the creation story isn't 7000 years old maybe adam and eve weren't necessarily the first people maybe they were symbolic and i think that's where current christian literature like up to date if you follow it is on and the fundamentalists are more like akin to the pharisees the people who really like follow the doctrine instead of like the intent behind the doctrine but then at some point i was like like you and that there's so many contradictions we really try to explain all these but when i try to defend my own religion there have been things that some people have said that i could not defend like being gay or or the suffering of babies or those things are eventually what you have to do is like oh it's up to god to decide he is like the creator and all of his motives we have no way of understanding and that's inherently unsatisfactory and so when i first came into college that's when i sent a letter a letter to my parents saying that i'm not religious anymore i hope to find religion because i still felt like you that there would be so much more ease in my heart knowing that there was something out there even when i die and i for a bit was agnostic i don't like labeling myself as an atheist at that point because atheism means that i know for sure that there is no god but you don't know for sure anything science doesn't know for sure anything there's like things that can change and the farther you are along a path and the more experiences you have things are going to change so i labeled myself as an agnostic but i was very ignorant to religion as in like i started ignoring it completely and some people say ignorance is bliss um and that's why you want to sort of become like a child again when you and you've told me this glory that you'd like to be reverted to childhood and have the same like no worries and all the bad things that comes from knowing more but i think i've had a series of experiences where i realized that instead of compl- ignorance if you move on from ignorance there's knowing and then there's knowing and worrying about the knowing but then there's one step ahead of that which is knowing and accepting it and not necessarily worrying so much about it and it requires you to completely rethink your entire life and so that's just my experience like i could go into a lot more right now and i probably will <laughs> but i wanted to ask you more 
about your current outlook on life. And you told me that you would want to die when you're 30 years old. Yes. Um, <laughs> my outlook on life is pretty bleak. Um, I'm enjoying it for now, um, but I don't... Um, I'm not too excited to be I don't I don't I don't really like enjoy living every single day and I don't think I I don't know any minor inconvenience I just don't take life very seriously or like the concept of staying alive um I would just like rather die and when I say that I really mean I would rather be dead and like it's really bizarre to me that people <laughs> this sounds so suicidal but it's not it's like not like I it's not like I want it. It's just, I just would rather not exist anymore. Um, yeah, it really surprises me when people tell me they actually don't, would rather be living. I like didn't really think that people thought that way. I honestly didn't. Um, I just thought that everyone else would rather not exist because not exist is just nothing and nothing is better than something that's suffering. But why can't something be pleasure instead of suffering? I'm more of like an all or nothing person. So it's like if I'm going to live a life or if I'm going to eat a meal, it's going to be the best meal I, that I've had that day or the best meal that I'm going to have. Um, and like if I'm going to live a life, I should be like extremely rich. I should be worry free. I should be like have like look perfect. You know, all of those things. Like I feel like I... If I really want to truly enjoy life, I want to max it out. Like, I don't want to, like, look at all of these billionaires and trillionaires, like, living the best life that they could live and then me not. Like, that just seems so wrong to me. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And if I'm not going to do it right, I'd just rather not do it at all. What makes you think that these billionaires are living their best life? I mean, I think we can all somewhat agree that most of them are probably happy. Like, at least some of them are, like, very happy with their lives. I mean, like, of course, maybe more money, more problems. But I honestly think all of my problems are based in money. And if I had money, I would... Like, I'd rather be crying in a pile full of cash than just, like, in my twin-size bed under my blankets, you know? And... Of course, all problems are relative, and like once I get there, maybe I'll like be worrying about like, oh my god, I don't have the right shoes for this event, and like I'm gonna break down over that. Like maybe that's what Kylie Jenner is crying about, but like that's a much better problem to have, and I think I would be there's like room to grow from there. You know, like if you're Kylie Jenner and you have that much money, like you don't always have to be upset about not having the right shoe. But right now it's like, oh, I'm like worried about how am I going to pay my tuition? It's like, that's such a worse problem to have. Like I would rather not. So things like that. So do you think the happiest people are the richest people? Not necessarily. Other people, ha some people haven't figured out. Like some people just love a peaceful life where they can live in a box and as long as they have like sunlight food and water they're like so happy you know but they've got it figured out like i don't and there's no way that like with all the comes like media consumption and like everything that i've consumed over my life will ever let me turn to that kind of lifestyle like i would love to be thorough but i'm not and 
truth is like, I want money. I want good food. I want to like not have to work for the rest of my life. Yeah. So once you have good food, once you have money, once you have everything you've ever desired right now that you can ever desire right now, then what? I mean, that's the goal. I feel like a lot of people don't are like, they don't feel satisfied when they reach the top because they just want to keep working for something and they, you know, they need something to do. But I don't think I'm like that. I could just sit on my bed all day long and truly be happy. Like I've done that so many times and for so many weeks. Um, and I feel completely satisfied. So I don't think I'll ever have that problem. And, but I mean, let's say I do get there, then I would just love to live live that life for as long as I can. And then I wouldn't be like so sad when I have to die, but I would maybe want to live a little longer. <laughs> would you rather be that? Or would you rather be refer like reverted to a, a child-like innocence? I don't know. I think I would rather be that than a child because um, even when I was younger, I knew that like my parents were not financially stable. So I had a lot of worries about money and I feel like that's probably why I am the way I am. Um, But yeah, I think even then I knew I had problems. Like of course I had like a bliss and everything was brighter and more colorful and everything was more exciting and everything was simpler. And I didn't know all of my family's problems or like, but I mean, it's even back then, I think I know that I had problems. I got in drama with friends and yeah, I think just being rich and having like five friends and having the wisdom that I have now and food all the time and charcuterie boards all the time. Like I, I would much rather have that. I think what I've realized over time is that there is something more than just our desires and that i haven't really spoken about this on the podcast but there is an enlightenment at the end of the tunnel where if you reach it you can have complete happiness complete love and complete living in the present because where do those worries really like stem from worries stem from thinking about the past like oh maybe i did something wrong and then looking to the future oh some there might be some consequence oh what do i do about this i all of like my homework is piling up and like i'm worried that i can't finish it that i'm fearful of disappointing myself or not getting good job opportunities or having a bad GPA and my parents would be disappointed in me. Those are all things that when you focus on the past and the future, it can start to crop up like these negative emotions. But if you're living completely in the present, all you're thinking about is what you can do now. You have your goals, you have ideas of what happened in the past and what happened in the future, but you're not lingering on it and you're rather focusing on everything and every step 
that you can take now. And this has to do with recently I've been getting more into aligning your body and your mind where usually your mind thinks something and then you say something and what you say is not exactly what's in your mind or you do something that you know is wrong and there's a disconnect and that's what later causes regret like oh i regret doing this like if you made every at every moment you made the right decision for yourself no matter what the consequences are you will not regret it because at that moment there was no better option so at every moment if you move forward and focus on the present then there is no worries no regrets but only the world and what it is and i've been looking into buddhist philosophy um and like hinduist philosophy and it's very similar in how they describe the world so in buddhism i think i told you this but there are four noble truths and the first is that existence is suffering the second is that suffering stems from desire and the third is that in order to get rid of suffering you must get rid of desire and the fourth is like the eightfold path to get there and how you achieve it but suffering you can't have suffering if you don't necessarily desire anything and desire comes from lingering on a thought and when you linger you're stuck in the past or you're stuck thinking about the future and not the present and this is something that i think is universal like throughout religion but i don't want to portray religion as like what we commonly see religion as we commonly see religion as oh these crazy motherfuckers who you know probably are on drugs um have their own doctrines and you have to follow them and only one is right instead of viewing it in that way i start to see religion in a way where it's a teaching that can guide you and all of those teachings guide you to a singular place and that is living completely in the now and also towards love and compassion what would you think would happen if you didn't have your thoughts if you couldn't think or not that you couldn't think but your thoughts weren't you all those desires those are thoughts all the worries those are also thoughts like all the emotions that you have that you immerse yourself in those are all thoughts you mean like if i didn't have those at all exactly it's that it wasn't you so like it didn't make up who you are oh okay i see what you're trying to say all those desires and everything i don't know because i think i tie them so strongly to who i am and like like i'm very not self-absorbed but i think i'm a little self-absorbed and in that i truly think that like people like me because of me like i get this done because of me like not like in a team setting but just like when i get like an internship i don't think about like all like the other factors that could have gone into it i'm just like oh my god i did this so i honestly don't know like i can't even imagine that like what do you think i think 
the world is continually running, is continually operating, and things, mechanisms are moving, and everything is constantly changing. But human beings have a tendency to try and hold on to something during that process of continual transformation and just assert that this is their theory, this they are right, instead of continually absorbing new information and seeing things in perspective. And so, do you love people? think so <laughs> I think I love like how people make me feel but I don't inherently love people I'm very like critical of people more so it's even more myself um yeah I don't okay well back to that point though I feel like do you think that's a practical way of living um I feel like these are all theories or concepts and they're probably right like of course, if I disassociated my thoughts from myself and I like, oh my God, you're so ugly saying that to myself. And I'm like, nope, that's not me. Like, I'm going to be happy. And that's not my voice. It's just like a voice that's trying to like tear me down. Like I am confident in who I am, but that's not a very practical way of living. Even if you do at one point adopt that mindset and like monks, it seems like they've all got it figured out, but they all have their like moments where they're not fully enlightened and they're like also jealous. They're also sad. They get happy and they get sad. Like we're, why are we so focused on a solution when once we get there, it's not even that sustainable? Like why not just chase that feeling of like all the emotions and like all the craziness and just be human and be like obsessed with your thoughts that may or may not be your thoughts. And like, why not just chase that? until we're 30 and then end it, you know? Like, I feel like, like, why are we so worried about, like, a sustainable option? Why can't we just be here for a good, maybe not mentally healthy long time, or mentally healthy time, but just, like, a good time? Is that what you think, like, everyone does? Like, I think there's a lot of things where people lie to your face or say things that they don't really mean or they don't love you completely it's all very conditional like is that how you view the world yes and that self-centeredness is the only way to survive not the only way to survive but the only way that i found enjoyment like I think a lot of people, and I'm realizing this more and more, that so many people are not like me. So many people do not think this way and think this pessimistically. People genuinely enjoy life and they know that it's like unsustainable, but they love that. And they love that it's, they can chase that, like all their ups and downs of emotions. And they just want to keep living because there's always going to be a better next moment, you know? But like, what if our 20s was our peak? Like, do I really want to live past that and, like, have to face the fact that my peak was 60 years ago when I'm 80? Like, I do not want to get there. <laughs> Most people don't think this way. Most people, they just want to live as long as they can because 
because they love people, I think, because they don't want to like let people down and they care more about other people than they care about themselves. And not in a bad way. I think that's such a lovely life to live. But yeah, that's why maybe I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm very self-centered in that way. Like if I die and I make everyone sad, it's like I'm dead. Like I'm not going to be upset over that. Like even if it makes me upset before it happens, like that's fine. Like I feel like people actually I don't want to say too many too many controversial things on here, so I guess I don't really have much to say to that besides I think eventually that sort of life and this is my thought, but I think eventually those eventually will lead to unfulfillment and suffering in a way where you might regret the past or you might look towards the future and be like, oh, I'm going to become 60 and I'm or like look to the past. And I was that was my peak and look to the future. It's like, oh, I'm going to get all disgusting and wrinkly. But seeing yourself in perspective is helpful because even if you think you're ugly, you're looking at it from like a social construct point of view, how like society has defined what ugly and not ugly is. But if you looked at like a bunch of ants, would you think that one is uglier than the other necessarily? Like as if we looked at human beings from a perspective of, I don't know, aliens, we wouldn't say that, oh, they wouldn't say like, oh, that human is more beautiful than this. It's very arbitrary. And so all these insecurities about, you know, getting older or young or like trying to look younger or you know, losing weight, all like those types of things are very arbitrary. And it is possible that when you look at things in perspective, it's not that you you like constantly tell yourself you have to love yourself, you have to love yourself. It's that when you see things from a different perspective, then it's not that, oh, I have to love myself. It's that you just realize that all the things you worried about is not important and that loving yourself is just a consequence of it and loving others and seeing yourself like a human being inside of other people's eyes and seeing that there are what is it seven eight billion of these people on this earth that are just like you and just as complex as you and you can't look at them with an inferior or superior thought because they are the product of their environment they are the product of their genetics and once you see the world for its complete and utter equality you stop thinking, oh, this person was born with better genetics, and so they're more arbitrarily attractive than I am, or everyone's going to get older, and you're just holding on to this youth. Like, there's no point in things of that nature. And all that's left is trying to maintain that state of mind. And it's hard because you lose yourself a lot in like anger and emotions like sadness you lose yourself or not necessarily lose yourself but you distract yourself when you're on tiktok you distract yourself and you're not facing these things face to face and you're always and i know people who don't like being by themselves because of that very fact because then all of the old memories and all the things that they did before and all the regrets even though it doesn't really matter It'll come flooding in 
And once it comes flooding in, then you re- you start to panic. You don't know how to deal with all of these new thoughts and emotions. that, And so you just distract yourself. And so nowadays, if you even have like 30 seconds of time when you're not doing anything, you'll pull out your phone and there's no real time for self-reflection. And I think that might be an issue because there's so many things that we haven't figured out in within ourselves that we are constantly worrying over and it just makes life miserable and makes it more full of suffering i mean yes technically but again like this is very impractical or not very like but it's like so what like we're seeing things out of perspective of course like everything i'm doing looks like everything i'm worrying about like in five years i'm gonna be like what was she thinking why was she so worried like why does she want to die by the age of 30 like no i don't want to die like i felt the same thing like literally a year ago i was like oh my god i can't believe 10th grade gloria wanted to die by the time she was 30 like she's so crazy i love life right now and now i'm like i can't believe literally one year ago me gloria was so against this like so positive about life it's just it's all about perspective and i watched this movie um a couple movies okay i think one of them that like have been speaking the same message to me one of them it sounds stupid but it was free guy like at the end he finds out that he's like in a simulation and like he's like freaking out like i can't believe i'm ai blah 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 blah. and also her her was the other movie which is an amazing movie like my favorite movie now i watched it recently but it's like so what if we're in a simulation like at the end of the day what we're feeling is what we're feeling like if you and i are just robots and we're having a fun conversation even though it's like just chemicals generated by like other humans that created us as robots that doesn't matter like we're still having fun and being happy in this conversation and even knowing that like maybe it'd freak us out for a little bit but after that we're just gonna go back to normal and just it doesn't matter because everything that we feel is valid regardless of if it's like fake or not like oh where was i going perspective um so what if we look so small to like other aliens like and social contract is arbitrary blah blah blah. like at the end of the day like i know that to, to me at least i'm not prettier than kendall jenner you know like i don't think so even if it's like made up i still don't feel prettier than her you know and i yeah like because at the end of the day, she's getting more opportunities modeling because she's pretty and I'm not. And there's just so many things that like suck a lot more in my life than hers. And that's not me trying to compare, but just me accepting the fact that like, at least in this world I'm living in and society, like we're all like in bubbles anyways. Like it's not like we think the same as people in Africa. Like we, we have our whole new set of societal issues and problems and things that we think that they don't think about and other countries don't think about. And even in the school, we have so many different opinions from like in Chicago. So, I mean, what we're feeling is what we're feeling and what we're thinking is what we're thinking. Like it doesn't necessarily matter. Like I'm not going to like take a step back and be like, whoa, like this drama is so insignificant because look, like we're just on a floating rock Like, that does not make my problems any better. I don't feel better about it at all. And, 
like matter of fact is if I don't get this internship, um, you know, like I'm not going to get that job and I'm not going to get that money and I'm not going to get that food. Like, oh, I really wanted that good food, you know, but <laughs> like I can't just look at that from like an outside perspective, you know? So then if you don't like, do you care about people? I don't know. Like your parents, your like the religious community you left behind, people that you meet in Northwestern. I don't think so. I'm like a pretty, it's not that like I don't need them. Like I need them. Like I need them to be my friends. I need them to be my parents. They're good friends. They're good parents. And I like hanging out with them. And if I didn't have them, I'd be like very sad and bored. But I don't think, like, I inherently, like, care about these people. I care about these people. I want these people to be happy so that they can be happy around me and be nice to me and good to me and good friends to me. Like, I care about my parents because they've done this for me. And I would be sad if they were sad because I have an emotional attachment to them. But not because, like, maybe that's, like, that's basically what caring people, caring about people is. Um... And, like, recently I've been trying to differentiate, like, what it means to care about someone or do something for someone because that's what they want and you want them to be happy and, like, so that they can be happy towards you or just doing something that they want because you truly just want them to have that, you know? Like, regardless of whether, like, you'll be affected or not. Like, I just... Or is it, like, fake to do things even though you don't really feel like it? But I I don't know, like... I guess I also, it's a misunderstanding between me and like what I think other people's intentions are when they do things. Like if I ask my boyfriend for a glass of water and he like gets it for me right away and he's like so happy to do it and he's like, oh my God, here you go. Like my queen. (laughs) But then like if he asks me for a bottle of water or like some water, I'm like, ugh. And then I'm like, okay, like I'll do it. But like only because if you're happy, I'm happy. But I don't know, like, but then I asked him, I told him, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a shitty person. I don't actually want to get you that glass of water. And he's like, I mean, yeah, like sometimes I don't want to get you that glass of water you do. Like, so maybe it was all a misunderstanding and like everyone else just thinks like me, but no one's vocalizing it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some people who can do that, who can do things in a way where they expect nothing in return. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. They're genuinely such good people. But do you ever see, do you think you're like that? I think I aspire to be like that. And that makes me do things in a way where I do them for that other person. But then I still might not want to do it. But then my initial instinct is that I don't want to do it. My second instinct is that's the wrong instinct. I, I do want to do it because I do want to see like happiness and I would have loved for that to happen to myself if that other person did it and so I adjust my worldview just like in a half a second and then I'm like okay I'm gonna go get that water and that 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 gap is what I'm trying to close over time so sometimes I would think oh maybe I should have done something like you know a day or two later but then that's a huge gap because I have I when if you do it immediately then like I I know that everything everyone would be happier everything would have been the world would have been a better place if I had done that one act 
but then if you start to close that gap they become smaller and smaller until it becomes instantaneous and i think that must be possible then i think everyone would benefit yeah for sure but like you and i are mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't want to say like different or special but like we're like different because we overthink a lot I mean, I mean, not that like people don't like overthink or like, you know, I'm not trying to like offend anyone here, but I feel like we do overthink about a lot of things like this and like our every action and every move that other people don't necessarily think about. And it's just so, it has to be intentional for us and so deliberate, but like, is that wrong or are we going to get there somewhere? Like me and my friends were having a conversation or me and my one friend and I will, she will not be named because this is a very disturbing conversation. We were like having a conversation about like tears of people. And she and her roommate basically have, and he's just as like, like psycho, um, but they have a spreadsheet of tasks. They have daily tasks and weekly tasks. So basically at the start of the quarter, everyone starts at tier three. There's five tiers of people and tier three is like, you're doing okay in life, but you're not that, like, cool. And, like, tier ones are people that are, like, born into wealth, like, so hot and, like, so smart, very rich. And, like, they have time to contemplate about things like love, you know? And, like, oh, my God, like, the worst heartbreak of my life. Meanwhile, like, tier three people are, like, oh, my God, are like, I'm cramming this t- test or whatever, you know? But they're, like, thinking about, like, they have time to think about things other than, like, real-world problems, you know? But the goal is to become tier one. You want that ignorant, blissful life. But then right now we all start at tier three. And basically with this spreadsheet, they basically rack up points every day. So it's like, did you wake up before 7 a.m.? Did you eat three meals? Did you have gluten? Did you take alcohol, get high? And like, did you take your vitamins? Like all these things and like weekly things are like, did you talk to a new person? Did you do yoga? Like, did you go to the sauna three times a week? And they basically check out all these things and rack up points so they can become better tiered people. So they just like have this for themselves, which is like a Black Mirror episode. But, um, and then eventually, like when you're a tier one person, like, is there really a difference between someone who is just naturally a tier one person or you doing every single step that a tier one person does like does it matter whether or not it's deliberate or not i think eventually the more you do it deliberately the less it becomes deliberate if you do things in a way where it's filled with love and compassion at least even from an outwardly perspective and you don't want anything back then eventually it truly becomes genuine genuine in a way where you are completely empathetic if someone gives you a gift like you might think oh i don't need this gift but then if you can truly imagine all of the things that this other person had gone through and all the the time they took to you know formulate that gift in their mind and then like manifest it in the world by you know buying it or creating it writing a card like you might just see a card and be like oh that's just a card like everyone gets it but like if you think truly about this other person or i was at the block museum a new exhibit the side of struggle is up and it's about like african-american struggles in america portrayed through art and in 
one of the private rooms or the smaller rooms, there's this wall dedicated to like the amount of like black churches that were burned or like the bombing in 1963 that killed the four little girls. And I personally find it very difficult just to empathize with historical people. Like, I think that's a common theme, like with a lot of people who overthink things and like, oh, the Holocaust, six million people or like some millions of people died. Like you have a general idea of it. But then if you talk about like a specific one person, it might be more powerful than like just throwing out a number because it's really hard to empathize. But then they had underneath this like wall, a bunch of like burned toys and burned like hats and scarves and and that's when I made that connection of oh what if this was like the church that I went to when I was younger and all the toys that the children played with and then the children there were the ones who got bombed like then I'm then that's when I crossed that line of oh this is something that happened to someone else to oh this is something that happened to a human being and a human being that is just like me or my family. And I I don't get really easily emotional. But that like one exhibit made me like really emotional to think about. And overthinking doesn't create emotion. And so instead of overthinking, once you direct yourself towards the right path like using your overthinking right so now you realize oh overthinking isn't the solution but just living in the moment and letting things happen without questioning it like every time a tear falls out of my eye i'm like am i really this sad am i really like or like it starts to formulate in my eye then i start questioning myself and that like brings me out of it and into my thoughts but instead of that i think sometimes Letting things happen without questioning it is better in a sense that you can think about it and orient yourself. But then once you're oriented towards not overthinking, then you can practice that more and more and more until it's not so deliberate. It's not so artificial, but there's like genuine meaning and you're you're aligned with what you do, and what is in your mind as well. So. Yeah, but that's like so, I mean, I totally agree. Like, that's manifestation. Like, the thoughts that you think are going to become the words that you say, and those are going to become the thoughts that you think. And then, but it's also like paradoxical in a sense too, of course. It's like, I have to think about not thinking and it is paradoxical. Yeah, like I can one tell day you you'll that. get there, hopefully. I can tell you it is very, very paradoxical. Yeah, yeah, but do you think that's wrong? But It might be paradoxical, but if you can just push yourself over the edge where when you every time you start to think again, you recognize it and you blast it out of your mind. And you can like, then you might think of blasting it out of your mind and that might be another thought. But then eventually you realize that's not good and you feel it instead of thinking it then you have to go through like a struggle of trying to get rid of your thoughts at any given point in time and 
it is like a lifelong struggle for a lot of people but once you can and you're completely aligned with yourself then i think that is what constitutes a life where you can live without no regrets with you can live in complete love and compassion and understanding for other people and my brother bought me this book for my birthday it's how to love by i don't know how to say the name it's teach not han it's like a small book yeah but it's really nice and i haven't read all of it i've just started but it's just like tr- it says true love gives us beauty freshness solidity freedom and peace and understanding someone's suffering is the best gift you can give to another person understanding is love's other name if you don't understand you can't love and you can't understand when you're overthinking something when you're like oh this person thinks is like this so then i'm going to overthink about it but instead of that just letting the present take over instead of lingering into like a thought of the past and recycling all the old thoughts instead of doing that and just letting the present take over that sometimes is the right way and i say that like with a certain shred of doubt in myself as well but it's going to take a long time to get there it is difficult but you have to constantly practice and personally i think meditation is going to help i haven't really gotten into it but from the stories and all the things i've heard meditation might be very good for me and maybe you who knows yeah. so this has been hank gang and gloria re on the northwestern people podcast um thank you so much for listening bye